0: so welcome to episode number two of the data strategy podcast on this show what we're doing is we're looking at how smart businesses use data to inform decisions improve operations and make money so today i'm thrilled because i have a real data savant three-time entrepreneur data one of the data titans in our space ellen thompson welcome to the show Thanks, Rhys. Absolutely. So we're going to dive into uh, Ellen's story, her entrepreneurial journey, and Jess Analytics, which is her newest product that she's working on now. But before, just to lay some context, let's talk a little bit about uh, marketing attribution. Okay. What is marketing attribution, Ellen, and how are companies using it to, to make better business decisions?
1: So marketing attribution is just the process of looking at your conversions which would be things that you want to track and seeing where they came from Mm -hmm. so um, marketing attribution says this lead came from Facebook or it came from Google so you know basically it's looking to quantify your marketing results
0: now why do businesses need to understand that this is an obvious question but um, where we have so many different strategies you can do like SEO you got social you got email marketing so many things to do like how does like tracking all that really help a business
1: So uh, marketing attribution and setting up conversion tracking is the foundation to understanding your marketing. So uh, you're right, we're using different kinds of tactics and we're making investments in SEO and social media and social media is definitely not free and Google ads and Facebook ads all this traffic comes into your website and you start getting phone calls and you start getting leads, but which of those sources led to the conversions that you're looking to track? Which ones are putting money in your pocket? Without having uh, marketing attribution, you can't answer that question.
0: Can't answer that question. So what are some of like the different marketing attribution models that exist today? Because I would imagine it's really hard to look and say, okay, if i'm not in e-commerce right this sort of lead came from instagram or this lead came from that email like what are some of the models to help under help companies sort of quantify that
1: so race you make a really excellent point if you're in an e-commerce business it's really easy to see that uh, a lead ended up being a sale and that's in google analytics and it's not nice and tight but in your business and in my businesses we have uh Somebody gets in touch with us and they're not gonna do business with us right away. They want to kind of get used to us They want to do their due diligence Um, Somebody told me recently that it takes 76 touch points to build trust with a brand which is insane, right? And so um, These marketing attribution models are taking into consideration there's much multiple touch points before that business happens and before the conversion happens, so there are different models and I'm just going to go over a few of them because it gets really deep fast, right? So the first one is first touch attribution. So basically that's like, where did I find out about this business the first time? I did a Google search, I saw your ad, I clicked through. That's first touch attribution if the contact form happens then. So the first touch. Mm-hmm. The opposite is last touch attribution. So somebody could come to your website, You could see, they could see a remarketing ad, come back to your website still not be ready to get in touch with you then you know they've bookmarked your site they come back indirect, mm-hmm. and then they get in touch with you so they come back indirect that's last touch, touch attribution that last touch is what gets all the credit yes. and so then there's all sorts of other ones that kind of blend the touch points but i'll do one that's real simple it's called linear attribution so again if somebody comes in four times then each of those uh touch points will get 0.25 um of the of the full conversion so we do google advertising for people and you wouldn't believe how many times people come back to us click on those ads you know you're clicking on all these ads Eventually it's four different ads, right. four different keywords, and then you get reports that say that this had a 0.25 conversion. So it's real fun to explain to customers, but that's how you end up getting fractional attribution because your attribution model is saying, okay, it was all these different touch points that were contributing to the
0: conversion. Now our companies using that to apply the budget. Now so once you once you have the attribution and you're sort of divvying out all the credit to different points in the in the process. Do, is that used to make budgeting decisions or apply resources or how, how, how are companies using that information essentially?
1: So on I guess on the sort of most fundamental level, it's helping you allocate resources within a platform. So example, Google ads, it's really expensive to use Google search ads, it's a lot of inflation in Google search ads. So. Uh, if I'm managing Google search ads, I want to be able to put money and place my bets where it's most likely to generate a conversion. So I can import all that conversion data and then I can start saying, okay, I'm going to only place bets, bid on keywords that have generated conversions in the past. Mm -hmm. And if you work with a company a couple of years, you can literally get it to the point where all they're doing is buying clicks for keywords that have converted in the past, which is really cool. And then in terms of You know sort of down the funnel you can start seeing which of your leads are generating sales Mm -hmm. if you track it all the way and that and uh so therefore you can put your money into facebook versus google ads depending on where the
0: conversions are coming from and you got all that insight because you're tracking it now uh you mentioned three you mentioned linear first and then last click attribution uh if you just briefly just take one of those and just help me understand like if i chose for example first click attribution What's the pro and con of using that simplistic model?
1: So the pro is it's simplistic. So uh, a lot of business owners are really busy. Uh, it turns out that 42% of business owners don't even look at their analytics, right? Mm-hmm. So um, having something that's simple at least gets people using marketing attribution. and. First touch, I'm kind of a first touch snob myself because in, you know, if you think about your own marketing, you don't get that person to recognize who you are, you can't sell them. Right. And so uh, first touch attribution is easy to implement and also gives credit the first time uh, they found your brand and then it's up to your web assets and your remarketing and other marketing and other touch points for you to kind of reel the fish in. So that's the advantage of first touch. So interestingly, Google Analytics by default uses last touch, right? So the advantage there is, okay, you know, it's the last time that people touched you. And to get a little bit more fancy, Google's moving towards this last touch non-direct attribution, which which basically means if somebody comes directly to your website, that's not really generally not a thing. If they've been to your website six times, you can just magically type in your domain name. They came in through some other source and then they bookmarked your site or remember to go back. Mm-hmm. So what non-direct last touch will do, assuming they're, they're not all direct conversions, is whatever brought them in there that wasn't direct will get the attribution. So, for instance, they came in through Google organic search and then came back direct. That Google organic search will get the attribution and then linear so when i'm using uh ad platforms you know in google ads you can set up different attribution models and we use linear because we want to get as much data as possible So we want to know that these were that in the case that I used four different keywords helped contribute to the conversion rather than just having that one data point of one conversion.
0: So you get to like the full customer journey and understanding like each critical step in the path. Right, makes
1: sense. but the downside is it freaks customers out because right. they get our data studio reports and they see I this just this week 9.83 right. conversions. How can there be 0.83 conversions? And then you have to explain that to people and it's just, Again, people don't live in this analytics world. They're not numeric like you are. So sometimes it creates a challenge to explain that fractional
0: conversion. Makes sense. So talk to me a little bit about Jess and how like you're sitting back and you're sort of surveying the canvas and you've come up with this marketing opportunity and you roll out what I think is, is super interesting as a, as a person who loves data, trying to go from the service side of, you know, data to productizing it, which I think is the holy grail. So, what were you seeing at the time, and like, what, how, why did you create Jess Analytics?
1: So, um, as I was walking to your studio, um, it, it made me sort of giggle because the inspiration for Jess Analytics was uh, a customer who was unhappy with my uh, my services. So, and uh, so we were doing all sorts. We were doing Facebook advertising, Google Ads, SEO, and um, everything looked great in Google Analytics. Traffic is up. Conversions are up, and he's like, "Well, how do I know what you're doing is really working?" And I said, "But look, everything right. looks great." He said, "No, how do I know it's putting money in my pocket? How do I know I'm getting sales?" Mm. And in fact, the what we were talking about was the property that's literally across the street, Chocolate Works Apartments. Wow! I know. How crazy is that, right? So, um, but um, I'm very competitive, and I like to win. I, le- I don't. I like to answer questions. So it took me six months, but I figured out how to build a system that would let me prove what we were doing was working, and also sort of surface what wasn't working so we could make better decisions about how to allocate his resources across not only different platforms, but within the platform. Uh-huh.
0: So, so you roll out Jess, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but talk about some early wins, uh, that the, some case studies, if you can, uh, who's the product for what's like the essential value proposition, just down to like that target customer, if you can.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, one of our, uh, customers is, uh, sells, Helps salons make more money. Uh, Salon business is really difficult, Mm -hmm. but they make uh, extra money by selling shampoos and conditioners. And so this company helps them create private label hair care products. So basically putting the logo of the salon on the bottle and selling them through. And so we were doing all sorts of different marketing for them using Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, doing blogging. And we wanted to see which of these things were actually working and at what cost per acquisition and uh, again, we we didn't have all the data because some of the conversions coming in were customer conversions. They weren't actually e-commerce conversions. So we implemented just um, May 31st of last year, and we just started doing Facebook ads. And so the first win was we could see that in the first month we had two Facebook leads. And I'm making the numbers up, but order of magnitude, we had 30 Google ad conversions Mm -hmm. and about 30 organic conversions. Mm -hmm. So in the past, I would look at two Facebook conversions and the cost per lead was, you know, like $150 per lead. And I was said, oh, Facebook isn't working. Mm -hmm. But because I was able to then see which of these lead, which of these people actually converted, I was able to say, oh, well, Facebook didn't generate a lot of leads, but the lead quality was super high. And we were able to, because what Jess allows you to do, is take that lead all the way to the close, I was able to say, oh, Facebook is actually working. We shouldn't cancel that service. Fast forward a couple of months, we saw that Facebook still wasn't generating a lot of leads and that cost per acquisition was creeping up. Mm -hmm. So we're able to dive into Facebook and realize that there were some Facebook campaigns that were working and some that weren't. So in the platform, we were able to dial back and focus our efforts on the campaigns that were working, and turn off the ones that weren't.
0: Yeah. So you had that insight and level granularity to make those real-time decisions. Exactly. So I mean, the question has to be asked. So if I go into my Google Analytics right now, there's a beta system that allows me to do attribution modeling, and why not just track it there? So, Google
1: Analytics is a great tool and if you're getting started with analytics, definitely the place to start. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that Google Analytics can't do is tie together the the people who converted and who they are. Mm. So, at a system, like Jess says, the foundation is that we take the contact form and we append where they came from. So, we're taking the contact form and saying, oh, they came from Google and it was an organic search. Or, they came from Facebook and this was the ad. And same thing with phone calls, we're taking the phone call data and we're looking up who that person is and saying they came from Google ad and this is the keyword. And once you have that data, you can do all sorts of magical things.
0: That's awesome. So um, I have to ask like, so when I look at data driven companies, there's like a, almost like a level of, of how data driven you are. So that first level I always say is, do you have the infrastructure and the ability to make a decision using some sort of numbers or quantitative data or it could be qualitative but can you make decisions using data then the next level up is can you use data to improve your operations so thinking about like a uber how uber can use data to to do dynamic pricing for example then the ultimate is like can you take data and productize it to make money off of it and that's that's why I'm, I'm like I hold you in such high regard because you were able to do that with with Jess um, that journey was it very difficult to do because that's that's where I am right now. I'm trying to take my data, um, financial data, sort of marry it with some other data, and then productize it somehow. Like what was like how, what was that process and journey like of putting all that together and coming out with this tangible SaaS product?
1: So I think like you, I'm on a journey, and we're both um, technical, and we both like data, and we both see an evolution and commoditization in service businesses that we're involved in. Mm-hmm. So I sell, you know, SEO services, Google ad services, Facebook ad services. And and if you go to my website, six other websites, it looks like everything we do is the same. And I'm sure you feel the same way in, in your business. So I'm always thinking of way that we can use uh, technology to improve what we're doing, both from data analytics and also efficiency. Yep. Um, especially in this market with unemployment being as low as it is, it's hard to find qualified people um, who are, Marketing specialist, and I'm sure that you find you know the same thing in your business. So the journey was I had a customer identify a problem, and ironically, that customer is now my business partner in Jess. And um, it, it we I we recognize that it was a way for the, my agency to to do a better job and have a competitive advantage. And then, but we realize it's also a way to put the power in the hands of people who can't afford our services. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the the bigger idea really, and you alluded to it, is not is first we need to start and get the data, right. right? But what's happening is we're going to start seeing um, prescriptive analytics, basically using that data and having machine learning tell us what to do. Right. So example, um, this is a really simple example, but you know, we put in conversion tracking to point out that you have contact form conversions or people are calling you. Well, it's really easy for that conversion tracking code to go missing. Right. right? And so even just having a system that's going to look and see, did you have any conversions this week and alert you that maybe your conversion tracking is broken is a very simple example of a computer assisted solution to monitoring what you're doing. And then the future and the real inspiration for Jess is what I call prescriptive analytics, Mm. which is okay. can we figure out based on the data in advance what we should be doing now? so you know the example is we want to you want to grow your business 20 percent. well based on the numbers based on the economic foundation and the conversion rates how much money do you have to put into marketing and where to achieve those revenue goals um you know i deal with a lot of sales teams including my own they hate doing crm so the data you have the human beings you know the that we're modeling is not always accurate but your conversion data from the past is so the real interesting thing is you know how can you help people achieve their, use the data to achieve their, their goals. And also to point out when their goals are unrealistic based on the inputs.
0: Absolutely. So let's transition now, a perfect segue into our segment called the theory, the technology and the trends. So a little uh, alliteration there, but let's, let's, let's work with it. So the first theory I wanna throw out is the theory of ad fraud. One of the things that's happening in, in digital advertising is that we have all these numbers, but when you look at it, there can, they can be easily manipulated and we had several occasions where the the Procter and Gamble said that they they can't understand Facebook's data. Facebook has sort of went in and you know overstated views and overstated counts, and just it's just so so messy at times. Now how how has how has Jess or how is Jess being able to clean up quote unquote bad data to help people get a clearer insight into how their business is performing?
1: So one thing that drives me crazy are vanity metrics Mm. and so, um, you know, I sort of cut my teeth in the apartment industry and had an online apartment guide a hundred years ago. (laughs) So um, the analytics that those companies are giving their customers are the number of impressions or the number of clicks or the number of views of this or that and it's they're big numbers and they're completely confusing and it looks like everything it looks great but it doesn't mean anything. they are vanity metrics. Right. What matters is, do you get business from that advertising? And so what Jess is trying to do is get the focus, not to all these numbers that really don't matter, but to the the bottom of the funnel numbers, where are you getting your leads and which ones are converting and how much are those sales? Right. So what Jess is also doing is not every lead is created equally. Right. If I get an inbound lead to sell a website and the, the website is $5,000, That's worth a different amount to me in terms of the return on ad spend versus a $50,000 contract that was inbound or even a recurring uh, SEO gig that might be $900 a month but will recur for three years, right? So, So what we're trying to do is say, stop looking at impressions. That's great if you're just trying to build brand, but most people or small businesses that come to me are looking to get leads and looking to get business from their website. So what tools like Jess do is help focus that busy business owner on the, mat- the metrics that really matter, which are more bottom of the funnel, leads and sales and return on ad spend.
0: So as you were talking, like building this product out, what are some of the underlying technology that Jess is built on? Like when somebody comes to you and they ask, just like, I'm interested in Jess, but like, how does it work? How do I know I'm, I'm, I'm buying something that has given me uh, greater insight and I know it works? What are some of those underlying technologies that have advanced that you've leveraged and brought together to create Jess?
1: So um, I was recently reviewing the technology platform um, with my developer and there's really a lot going on. So Mm -hmm. the first thing that we're relying on um, is basically just reading browser data, right? So just like Google Analytics can record that something came from uh, an organic source or a paid source, we're just basically picking up the same data, the referring source and the what's called the source and medium. Source could be things like Facebook or Google Mm -hmm. and medium is, is it paid? Is it organic? Right. Mm -hmm. So we're capturing that information. We also are parsing um, data. So we are helping customers. Set, set what are called UTM parameters so what UTM parameters do is give you more than it came from this source in this medium it lets you track what keyword did it come from if you're doing social media what campaign was it what was the creative and so you can structure your URL and then you can basically read those segments in the URL so we're educating customers about using these tools and then we're just parsing the data Got it. and then once we get that into a database Um, We are using cookies to track people who are returning because, again, we want to see the multiple touches. Mm -hmm. We don't want to create multiple records. We don't want to lie to our customers by saying you're getting all these leads. We want to dedupe things for them. And then we also have a lot of API integrations. We're pulling data from Google Ads, Facebook Ads, Microsoft Ads, Google Analytics. And then we have integrations with CRM, uh, Zoho, CRM, and Salesforce, Mm -hmm. so that people can stay in their workflow. So somebody uh, closes a sale in Salesforce Uh, Jess will run a process and then port all those closed deals in. And that's how we can tie together the return on ad spend. So there's, and then dynamic number insertion. We built a phone tracking system.
0: Talk to me about that because like the phone call is still in play. Like it's still a very, especially with B2B sales uh, eventually you know people want to get past the blogs and the emails and graduate to a phone call and just has the ability to track that I thought that was very cool
1: yeah so i think um that a lot of you know millennials at least my staff doesn't like being on the phone but the reality is when somebody picks up the phone it's a really qualified lead yep. and a lot of businesses um like let's say that you have a flood in your basement you're not gonna like email a restoration company and say yo i have a flood in my basement right, right. you're gonna pick up the phone and say help me out yep. So phone call tracking is really important for those businesses to see what advertising is working and isn't. And so how, how you do that is you basically buy a pool of numbers. You buy, you know, a bunch of phone numbers and let's suppose that you and I were on my website, Mm -hmm. you would see a phone number. I'd see a totally different phone number. Mm -hmm. And when we came in there, that system would say, okay, we'd look up and figure out if you don't have caller ID blocked that your race and this is your phone number and this is the city and state where your phone number's from Mm -hmm. and then it would append all that data. You came in um, through referral from one of our customer sites and we could see all that information. And then I came in direct to the site because it's my site and I'm just hanging out there, right? But then we make the call, I can record the call, And then I'm appending all that information to the record. Um, And then when you and I jump off the site, those phone numbers are thrown back into the pool to be used by somebody else. So there's this complicated system we built to do that. But the bottom line is you need those multiple phone numbers to track where that person came from. And, uh, you know, it's just super cool. And we built our own. I to love enable
0: this. Yeah. I love it. So uh, wrapping things up with the trends, you mentioned uh, predictive analytics um, versus like descriptive analytics and really trying to uh, help companies sort of graduate to that higher end of, of the use cases. What are some other trends that you're seeing in the field um, as you sort of work with, with all the clients with Jess?
1: So I'm going to talk about some real, I love sort of tactical takeaways that people it. can use right away. That So this isn't particularly sexy or high tech, but... Um, yeah, it's high value which is my my that's my thing so um so google is our biggest competitor mm. for most businesses right and uh so one way that we can use this to our advantage is use the google's different tools basically optimize those and can consider them part of our strategy so if you google your business name philadelphia pa you see the knowledge panel show up on the right side yep. right that's your google my business listing mm-hmm. so one of the best things that you can do to increase traffic for yourself and get more leads is to update that Google My Business listing mm-hmm. to make sure you've got photos, make sure you're putting offers so you can put a special you can put you know an, like for instance if you have a discount on your services or a free evaluation you have to update every week but you know it helps, you have 750 characters to, to describe yourself so you have to think about that from an SEO perspective, what do you do, you do bookkeeping, you're a CPA you do data analytics, you know, you're based in Philly, in Old City, you put all those keywords in there and that becomes part of the algorithm if you show up in that Google map, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, we're on mobile devices, you see the ads and then you see the Google map, Mm -hmm. you wanna get in the Google map, that's the new SEO, right? So that's something that we're trying to, anybody's a location-based business, Mm -hmm. um, which you have and I have, a lot of people have, that's the number one go-to thing that people should do. If you do YouTube advertising, same thing, this is a Google platform, that's an opportunity to optimize and think about your description of that video and what you're titling that video as part of your SEO strategy. Mm-hmm. And we can talk offline because you're doing all these videos, there good go. strategy for Absolutely. you. Um, so on a more, int- or, uh, more sort of technical ways, we're thinking about conversion optimization. So meaning we're buying all this traffic coming into our website, people get to the website, but now we're trying to pay attention to the website and the elements on the website. And is that doing, us justice in terms of getting the the number of conversions we should and so we're starting to do a b testing and say if we change this button to orange or blue does it improve our conversions are we getting the right marketing messaging out there Mm -hmm. there are tools to personalize the experience for different users if they've been there the first time so really thinking about the traffic you're getting are you getting conversions or are people getting there you can have huge lifts in conversions you can spend more money on Google ads, which are getting really expensive, and that's another trend. Or you can say, how can I do more with the traffic I have? Right.
0: How- as, as everything starts to coalesce and converge into user experience, predictive analytics, and it's all sort of coming together, um, and data-driven companies need to, they need to have tools like Jess in order to do it effectively, because just sending more stuff to the top of the funnel is getting expensive, especially if there's leakage and waste all exactly. throughout the funnel.
1: And I also, this is really old school too, but you need to think about your customers and make sure that you are, your user experience is designed around your customer. Mm -hmm. So when we develop websites, we try to get customers to think about their customer, not what they think would be great. So if you're a 60 year old business owner and you're trying to sell stuff to 20 year olds, you gotta think about what the, the 20 year olds wanna see, not what you wanna see in your website and design the user experience around your users, not around what's gonna make, you know, you think you've got a great website And that's a real transition for people. So just to put the customer first, you know, customers in charge, that's just, we're getting much more focused around design and messaging that focuses more about understanding that customer and not trying to sell all things to all people. You know, who is your customer? Is your pricing right? You know, every time you add a new service, is there, product market fit, but really thinking about, do you have the platform, the, the branding, the marketing, the corporate marketing platform to support all the advertising before you just dump all this money in?
0: I love it. So I'll be watching closely. I uh, wish you a lot of success with Jess. I'm sure it'll be a, another one of the hits. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks so much, Rhys. Appreciate it. All right, this this is the Data Strategy Podcast. Again, uh, episode number two with Ellen Thompson, great entrepreneur. Please connect with her on LinkedIn Follow her. Check out Jess Analytics. On this show, we look at how smart and data-driven companies are using their information to inform decisions, better their operations, and make money using data. I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye.